Spoilers and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the podcast where we watch the Disney films, the Disney animated classic films, one through 55. You don't know these numbers. We do. That's all that matters. But we're back again here. I'm sorry. I, I ran out of breath halfway through that. I'm Jeff, the apparently is. perpetual sick person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and joining me this week as per usual the man who will definitely be taking over the reins this week <laughs> while i sit here quietly and nod to the microphone mm-hmm. tc hello tc How hello you jeff you're sick again oh no i'm sick again <laughs> i i have i have more of a voice this time than i did the last time i was sick and no. i said i couldn't talk no. much i, but, I disagree uh, you have less of a voice this time <sighs> Less, less of a voice. It's yeah. not much there at all. Okay. It feels better. It just there's nothing there. Yeah. So. And, and this is where all of our disagreements for this entire episode begin. Yes. This that is I, a, this is I the say one. You have less voice, and you say you have more. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I think this is just this is grounds for us to end the show. Just <laughs> no, we're no. done. Forty nine, and we're out. We don't need to do the last seven. <laughs> no, no, we need to discuss. We, we have, need to discuss. We have. Uh, you know, voices to talk about, like the fact that Terrence Howard, John Goodman, Oprah Winfrey, Jim Cummings, Keith David, you know, there's all these no- notable names in this movie. That is true. There's a lot of really big people in this film, and this film being, nice segue, TC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the film being our number 49 on our list, mm-hmm. the 2009 Return to 2D animation. Yes. Slash farewell to 2D animation. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. (laughs) Film The Princess and the Frog. The Princess and the Frog. Jeff, just, I'm going to jump right in here for your sake. Yes, please. Thank you. This right here is the send-off that 2D deserved, not Home on the Range. This, this This is the way to end... We always talk about eras in these in this library. This is def- definitively, definitively, the best send off they possibly could have given um, Disney's two D animation library to to return now the, to it one more time to do this. Right, and now the, that's that's exactly what like something I had realized halfway through watching this film was that because I always saw this as well. Why did they? Okay, so. The, they wanted to go back to the 2D. Maybe they thought they left it premature, like back before watching this film this time or, you know, on this viewing. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to figure out, like, why did they go back to do it? What was the reasoning behind it? And this time around, now having done the podcast and watched these movies in order, I completely agree that this was a crap we cannot end on Home on the Range, yeah. guys. <laughs> 2D, that cannot be the last 2D film we make. Yes. And we One need more to try. actually, yeah, we need, let's, let's just try it. Let's do this one. Let's just make this thing. Now, mm-hmm. I think the Winnie the Pooh, the Winnie the Pooh movie is a uh, 2D, right? That uh, we've got yeah, coming yeah. up. Yes. It, okay. Yeah. Um, but still, like this one definitely feels like them going. No, no, no. We have to. Let's let's end this properly, guys. Okay, and let's just let's end on a high note, not cow jokes. Cow jokes. <laughs> yeah, so certainly uh, Winnie the Pooh does uh, is 2D as well. But in, I mean, we'll get to we'll get to Winnie the Pooh in a couple movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. This this is a send off to not just two D animation, but this is a a way to say goodbye to a lot of the traditions of Disney while introducing a new style of approaching fairy tales. Because there's still quite a few tropes in this movie that we've seen throughout the history of this library that are there's a little bit of a reference 
and reverence at the same time. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of, okay, this is this is a, a typical fairy tale trope, especially out of our princess movies, that we are kind of laughing at ourselves for now. Um, we mm-hmm. will get we and we will get that through the rest of these movies. We will for the rest of this library, whenever it comes down to the traditional classic storytelling elements of the Disney library, they are now making fun of themselves. They've reached this point. This library in its lifespan has now reached the point of being able to laugh at itself without demeaning itself. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know that's a silly thing yep. to think about, but <laughs> it's, it's this, this library has matured. It's if you look at it as a lifespan, uh, we've, we've reached a point now where it can acknowledge the silliness of its youth, <laughs> the or the silliness of of its past, you know, falling in love. Right. I, in right. I mean, I mean, you think about this. These films are these film. You know, this the the the, the Disney Animation Studios are like a seventy year old at this point because with their original one being thirty nine, and this is two thousand nine, where mm-hmm. you know we've had good seventy years. So they're old enough that they can look back and and tease and make fun of themselves and reference themselves. Whether they mean to or not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're just old and senile, or they're like Jeff, and I just don't remember anything. Jeff's Jeff's seventy. Everyone, I don't know if anyone was guys. I, this is my actual voice. I put on the young, very attractive voice every week yeah. for this podcast. He's, yeah, this is this is it. He's, he's he's pulled his teeth out. He's he's um he's he's old. I'm very old. I have lots of gray hair or no hair at all. Ooh. <laughs> uh, no, no. So, so this movie has a lot of callbacks uh, to the to the Disney tradition, and it has it's it's we are at a, we're watching another princess movie. We we have been inspired by a fairy tale. We have a, a princess who falls in love with a prince in the course of one one journey together. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, wishing upon a star, uh, you have to wait till midnight, or a curse, or uh, the, the spell won't be broken. Um, and there's other little like nods to the past as well. Like when Lewis shows up, he he does the Madame Mim through the, uh, like when she pulls her head and turns into the alligator in Sword in the Stone. In this, when Lewis pulls the tree apart and sticks his face out, he's the alligator. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have a sim a Simba costume, right? When uh, when they're yeah. on the river boats uh, going to Mardi Gras. Yep. Else, I wrote down one more. Um, oh, King Triton was one of the floats, and okay, yeah. And, and my favorite callback: Timon was right about what stars are—that they're actually just fireflies stuck in the sky, right? Because stuck in the sky. Yep. <laughs> I always thought that they were balls of light, <laughs> balls also, of gas. You... <laughs> uh, if we are doing callbacks, we missed. There was one of them that we missed. Oh, yeah. Right at the beginning of the movie. When they show the uh, the 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 New Orleans ba- uh, like neighborhood street mm-hmm. on the second floor, there is a woman who is beating out a rug that looks exactly oh. like Magic Carpet. Oh, and Carpet, that's great! I didn't yep. catch that one. So I'm sure Magic Carpet handf- is in this. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a handful of more that we're missing. Oh, it, see, the, something we're gonna have to do for our final episode is determine all the all the universes. And and determine yes. okay, so King Triton's a float. Does that mean this is a world where Little Mermaid is a film, or where Little Mermaid is in this universe? Right. 
Okay. Okay. So, and then if so that's we'll have the to case, basically just yeah. make a list of okay. So we have like figure out that we have four different universes, and here are the films that take place in those right. Universes, yeah. Yeah. Right? Trying to okay. determine <laughs> like like saying I that like Treasure this Planet, idea. that Treasure Planet exists in the same universe as Lilo and Stitch, uh, which means Treasure Planet also takes place in our reality because Lilo Correct. and Stitch has. Elvis, right? Like doing that, we'll have to figure out where where Princess and the Frog lines up. <laughs> right. I like that. I like all of this idea, yeah. TC. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious that the Princess and the Frog falls in to the magical universe that more than likely is the same universe as uh, Lion King and um, uh, like Aladdin and mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast because it has those, it has magic and it has spells and yeah, it has yeah. curses and it has all that stuff. And like Cinderella and Snow White and all those as well. Um, all right, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to yeah, pull that we'll list together. We've, we've been getting some good, you know, this sort of uh, talking shop, but we've been, I've been getting some good tweets uh, and messages about what we should discuss like our favorites and our least favorites and our little topics we can discuss for the final episode as we wrap up uh, this library. But that's that's for another day. This movie, Princess and the Frog, is no doubt a musical. It opens. You're listen, you're gonna watch a musical. Oh yeah this this is this is such a this is such a musical that I, I might even beg to differ, or I might even just you know bring up the point that th- there might actually be too many songs. Because there seems like there's a song every three minutes in this movie. <laughs> no, not saying the music's bad. Mm. I really like the music in this movie. I I I I, I dig this type of music. I thought mm-hmm. the performances of the music was great. The lyrics were good. They were fun. They were entertaining. But it it there was a there's a moment where I'm like, we're doing another song. Okay, okay. Wow. There was okay. We're on another song already. Okay. Like it, there wasn't enough time between that I could be all right. Back to the story. Oh, now we're in another song again. It felt more like song and okay. A couple lines of dialogue and song again. Okay. Back to okay. It felt more like rent or oh, like oh, uh, no, you know don't, not you, not don't in. You dare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I meant in musical style in the sense like it's ninety eight percent music. Well, and two percent lyric or like dialogue, okay, and I'm that's okay. I know I know this movie's got more lines in it. Like the later we get into it, because mm-hmm. a lot of this music is up front, mm-hmm. um, like maybe the front ha- first half, and then it kind of tapers off a little bit as the show or as the movie goes along. But it just it did feel like there was I, it just felt like a lot all of, all at the all at once, and I, I didn't know how to handle that. That's fine. I, I see where you're coming from with that. I will say that it does establish itself as a musical. The movie starts with the opening song. Uh, narration song, I wish upon an evening star. And then you get a little bit of uh, the setup, the, I guess, I guess prologue uh, in a sense when you see Tiana as a little girl. Um, but then we get to the, when it jumps forward in time, the title card hits. So essentially the cold open and then the establishment of the universe where you meet all the characters in right. the opening song, which is brilliantly handled. Mm-hmm. The, the, the consistent music, I sup- I could see that, I can understand where you're coming from. We're going to hit a movie in a, in a few that that's how I felt when I was sitting in the theater. Um, I've, I've never sat and watched Princess and the Frog and thought, Oh geez, another song like this. There's a lot of me. I think there's a very good balance of the music in this as well as, as sticking to the tradition of the classic Disney musicals that we've seen, especially the Renaissance films. I think that as much as Disney tried to recapture the Renaissance through some of their experimentation, uh, the the latter half movies, when you look at Tarzan and um, 
or when you get to Brother Bear and their attempts to capture the Renaissance without doing the music, this is a return to, okay, this, this Broadway style, this music style is way more consistent with Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, part of me wonders if your feelings that this has too much music is just you disassociating just how much music is in Beauty and the Beast. And that if you really think of them side by side, there's quite a bit of music in Beauty and the Beast as well. I don't know what you're talking about. There's the perfect amount of music in Beauty and the Beast. You shut your mouth. <laughs> now, I'm not disparaging Beauty and the Beast. I'm just pointing out that Princess and the Frog falls into that tradition really, really nicely. Um, and that I, I, I appreciate all this music from Mr. Randy Newman, I believe. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct, and that's the thing. Like, like I said, I, I, uh, it's it's a it's a blast. Like the music that they use, I really enjoyed. Like I, I, I it helped move the story along. I liked listening to it. It was well done. It's it's my kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, Friends on the other side, yeah, the villain song for the film, mm-hmm. uh, right? That's not that's unarguably that villain song, right? Oh, certainly, yes, absolutely. Um, I I like it. I am not in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did dig it. Like, I really liked what they were trying to do. I just, it, and I, my, my one note about it, and I'm going to get a lot of crap for this because I feel like I'm already hating on this movie. I'm <laughs> not okay. intending. I'm just, it's just this is how it's going. Yeah, yeah. But I, it, it, when I watched it, I wondered, and I, I guess I have to go back and I have to, I have to look at like the lyrics for previous villain songs because usually a villain song is good at like establishing the villain's, um, motivation mm-hmm. and kind of furthering the plot a little bit. Obviously, generally the villain the villain song happens at a point in the film where they are giving their motivation and it helps it, it kind of helps push the, the plot along a little a uh, little bit. Right. Um, this this one it 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 they definitely they tried that balance and it it did give me motivation, but it felt like it was more trying to just push the plot along, so there was too much exposition. That yeah, was trying to yeah. happen in some of the lyrics, and it's that kind of threw me off. It's there's no hook. I think that's what it is. That this, this okay, song, maybe that's what it the, is. The most hook it has is like we've got I've got friends on the other side. Like he says that a couple times, and you get the echo or the call and response to that. But it doesn't have a hook like poor unfortunate souls or Gaston. It doesn't have right. the the hook of previous villain songs. But it it does exactly what previous villain songs have done, which is establish the uh, the 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 conflict that's going to be in this movie, which is Doctor Facilier uh, tricking Nav- Prince Naveen and Lewis in not Lewis. Um, uh, oh shoot, what's the fat guy's name? <laughs> His, um, yeah. uh, uh, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, because Lewis. Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Because yeah, because Lewis is the is the, the, the alligator. alligator. Yeah. Yep. 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 It, so it does it does lay out the the conflict rather nicely. It, essentially, it would be like if Jafar had sung a song. Without a hook, like it, it, he's in, in in that Jafar has a, a a scheme to unfold. If you go back to Aladdin, mm-hmm. he and but he doesn't have a villain song. So um, right, the closest we get is uh, the Prince Ali reprise, reprise which is yeah. doesn't count. Yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but um, but we'll we'll go. I guess we can keep talking about Doctor Facilier. So this is Keith David doing this this role, and man, what a cool I, dude. <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy for a return to the villain song, but I'm happy for a return for such a dynamic and 
exciting villain with some very clear uh, uh, problems of his own. He's clearly made yep. a deal with the uh, with essentially the underworld, the devil of sorts, and <laughs> um, and he and he pays the consequences for it very very well, doesn't he? Um, yep, yep, definitely, definitely one of those villains where you can tell he. You can tell he's bad. You know, you, obviously, you know that he's bad because he's a villain. Mm-hmm. But like, you can tell that he made some bad plans. And yep, you're not bad. You're not upset when uh, he gets what's coming to him at the end. <laughs> um, but he's not. He's not. He's almost. Um, he's he has confidence in himself, mm-hmm. but at the same time, is still aware of what he did, and it does scare him. Yeah, his you know, he like, has that hubris about him, where he's like just so smooth and like playing with the cards and scheming with Lawrence behind Naveen's back and, and, and his, his clear motivation is like of, of to get the money to control new Orleans, to control all those souls, to give to the other side, to pay off his debt. And that's not, that is not laid out heavy handedly. That is, no. that is given out piecemeal as his pl- his story goes along. Like he seems like just a con man who, tricked someone and if you think of uh in the case of ursula right ursula's motivations are a little unclear <laughs> when you look at right. the little mermaid but uh you y- you know what her motivations are like she wants to control the kingdom blah 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 uh, dr facilier's uh arc or at least the the information of why he's doing what he's doing isn't just laid out in song he does seem like just a con man ripping off a guy for money and then you get to the point where he has to make this, make the one final plea with the the shadow people, and say, mm-hmm. "If I can do this, if I can get the money, I'll have New Orleans in the palm of my hand, and you'll have all the souls you want." Please, just let me get through this. And he begs when he finally gets his what's his comeuppance, just like verging on like freaky, like old. old we're looking at dark ages, kind of darkness in terms of. Uh, those shadow people and and what Doctor oh, getting dragged to hell. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's honestly it's it's one of my favorite. It might be one of my favorite villain deaths. I mean, there's a lot of villains that have died mm-hmm. in our movies over the years, and <laughs> uh, and and but I there's something there's definitely something new about this mm-hmm. that we haven't seen. Um, it, but at the same time, it's very much so something that we have seen because it's the whole. Uh, spoilers for the trope section, I guess. Right. But it's the whole a villain um, gets his comeuppance or his demise is caused by his own doing, basically. Yeah, yeah. So hoisted it's, on his it's, own petard. Yeah. So like, I, but like, I love, I loved that the darkness of, oh dang, they just pulled him to hell. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Oh, he was alive, and the monsters came out and just took him, and that's very. Dark. It was. Ne- dark. It's neat because he he is the clear antagonist in this movie. Uh, yep. But he's not the highest power, right? Like he he has right. to answer to someone, and that's not something that we we have seen before. I don't feel like nothing springs to mind that there's someone above our villain, right? No one's above Hades. Right. No one's above Ursula. No one's above Jafar. They aren't answering to anybody, and that that's what makes Facilier the Shadow Man. Uh, so much so interesting as a villain that he he answers to someone that he has he's has he's literally a puppet action. yeah he's a puppet for an an even worse being that we don't even get to, we don't we don't get to see in this film yeah except for just that little bit of the <laughs> shadow people and when whatever they are you know mm-hmm. um which which does open up a question as to like so so they they in 
they gave him his power? Is that kind of how that general thing? Because he does, he works in voodoo and stuff like that. Right. Is what I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. He he made some sort of deal with the shadow people to give him abilities. Essentially, he sold his soul, and he has to pay them back in kind. Uh, soul for a which, soul. Which does bring up a very interesting question, TC. Yes. Does that mean Dr. Facilier mm-hmm. made the deal with the people? Are those the same people? Did Peter Pan make a deal with the same people? Oh, because Peter Pan's shadow is... Uh, oh, man. You know what? Because <laughs> he's collecting kids. Yes. Oh, boy. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so is Peter actually... like? Is that is that his deal, and is that why he? I don't know. Like maybe maybe he made the deal and he escaped them to Neverland, but then you know, in the original book was that he was killing the kids and they got too old, and was that the <laughs> sacrifice to them? You know, if is you Peter want... and Doctor Vasilier part of one and the same? Well, uh, I discuss. Know that, <laughs> I know the animator. Um, <laughs> it's Bruce something. Bruce. Bruce Jones, Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith was the okay. was the animator and the designer for Dr. Facilier, and he he was inspired by Captain Hook. Like if you look at the way Dr. Facilier is is constructed, he's a mashup of physicality of Captain Hook and Cruella Deville. Um, Ooh, interesting. So your Peter Pan connection. Oh no. And the shadows. are I'm just alive. saying, guys. The oh, shadows are right. alive. You know what? Okay. And his shadows do, do work a lot like Peter's shadows it do. D- maybe okay. So maybe Peter is in the early stages of that deal, right? Because the okay. his shadow is just mischief at this point. Uh, and if he were to continue to make deals, then he would reach a point where the shadow people are trying to collect. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter's been good <laughs> up until this point, right? Is that yeah, kind of yeah, our he's, theory? Like he's just a little puckish, you know. No, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're kind of jumping all around here, but we were on the Doctor Facilier part. Yeah, yeah, like, no, you know it was what? Worth, it was that theory is too good. To, let's just talk <laughs> about that right now, right at the start. He, he, but uh, no, we're we're fine to, to jump on that. We can actually segue here and talking about. Uh, I'll wrap up Doctor Facilier for the moment, for the time being. That he he is this subversion of the villain because he has very different. He has similar motivations that we've seen in the past, but his right. his reasonings behind those, like what his desires are, are compounded upon the fact that his life is at risk. That and that's very that's it's similar to what we've seen and yet new at the same time, and that's really cool. Uh, and other subversions, we can move on to. Oh, I'll let you pick, Jeff. Do you want to talk about Charlotte, <laughs> or do you want to? We, let's save our main characters. Oh. Let's let's jump over to Charlotte. Charlotte. Let's go to Charlotte. Oh yep. boy. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. One second. You cough it out. Charlotte is a subversion of the fairy tale princess. She's a little girl who grew up with classic Disney stories. She has had yep. the fairy tales. She wants the the storybook romance. She is. She is a a more realistic version of what these Disney princesses would be, having grown up on Disney princesses, right? <laughs> She's right, got the dresses. Right. She wants to get get proposed to at a party. She wants to fall in love. She's she she believes wishing on a star. She has all the fairy tale and fantasies about her, and and that's funny because she's not the main character. She is the, the supporting character to our protagonist. Um. But she's not vilified. She isn't a bad person. She's spoiled, but she still cares about Tiana. She cares about her friend. 
Um, she's supportive of, of everything Tiana loves and wants to do. And, and I think that's, that's an, an ad, she has admirable character traits despite mm-hmm. being this spoiled rich girl who believes in fairy tales. And she's hilarious. The animation on her is so good. <laughs> <laughs> because the animation, just like her character is kind of, is, is, is over the top and is mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous and silly. The, the way that the animators drew her, they just, they drew her right into that exact, that exact, uh, 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 world or just, just being kind of funny to look at. She's not funny looking, but she's super animated with oh, her expression yeah, she's so and all over the place. Yes. Yes. Like we we meet her as a, as a little so girl and she's so cute. Cause she's like, this is my favorite part. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> and, and she's got the kitty that she makes the, that she tortures. <laughs> but then when we meet her as an adult where she's where she's going, oh big daddy boop, 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 boop. she's bouncing around she can't sit still in her chair like daddy tell her daddy tell her okay I'm gonna tell you <laughs> she's so kinetic she's so she's just a little firecracker and it's so enjoyable yep. um, because it's, the, yeah, it, go ahead go, go, go. no I was just saying it's, it's so enjoyable and they don't they they know when to stop. Yes, with her exactly. What I was she say. is not. She's not just. They're not just beating you, beating you over the head with her character. She's not in like every single scene. No, no. Because I feel like if there was, and I, I I firmly believe this, if there was five more minutes of her in the film, mm-hmm. she would have reached the point of, oh my god, just shut up. Like it's <laughs> not fun anymore. No, you're becoming Ben, Charlotte. Oh, don't don't say become it. Yeah. Ben. Don't, don't be Ben. Don't be Ben. <laughs> don't be Ben. <laughs> Hashtag don't be Ben. More T-shirts. <laughs> We're gonna sell all these after the podcast is done, guys. <laughs> she she is. There's just enough of her. She never verges into yeah. annoying. Um, I, gosh, like all of her little quirks, like what, the way she's she poses at the top of the stairs and calls the spotlight, and then she runs down the stairs really fast to get to Naveen, and she slows down. <laughs> and uh, my I think my favorite physical gag with her and there are many to choose from is when she's putting her mascara on she's like i thought it was uh, uh wishing on a star was uh for for kids and crazy people and she like pulls her <laughs> eyelid open real wide <laughs> it's so good oh man <clears throat> yeah but i i she was such a great character yeah and I, I, what i love about her is is as lovable as she is because of her just silliness it is that she is a a genuinely good friend she is a good friend to tiana like for their whole lives they have been best friends and and she is supportive and i love when she she kisses naveen at the end to try to make the frog make no i'll do it for you i'll do this for you tiana i'll do this to help you <laughs> um yeah and it's funny because like that's a moment where you realize oh she is if you if you maybe if you were maybe even on the fence with her mm-hmm. well maybe she's not a good person cuz her character could very well have been the like you said the like eh, not just the the bad person not not the villain not anything like that but she could have very well been not a totally good person and gotten some comeuppance because she was so used to, you know, life being a certain way and, you know, right, getting her prints right. and stuff like that. It, but it, her doing that makes you go, oh, no, she, yeah, you're right. She's literally, she is a good person. This is, this she's is not the, a bad person. The word of the episode here is subversion because she could easily have been something like the triplets in Beauty and the Beast who is judging the protagonist. Or even going back further, she could have been like one of the stepsisters. Right, because the stepsisters right. are jealous of Cinderella capturing or capturing the prince, uh, getting the prince's attention, <laughs> capturing the prince's attention. Uh, she could have been like those previous incarnations of characters in in her 
that are similar to her, but she is not. She's the opposite of those those meaner characters of the past, which is another uh, way of honoring what has come before while turning it into something new. And this great combination of old and new in a character like Charlotte. That's fantastically done by this 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 movie. Exactly. Um, and let's see who else here we got here. Um, you know, let's 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 get to Tiana here. Let's talk about Tiana. Uh, you know what? Okay. One more time. Want, actually, let's talk about Lawrence real quick because he's he's a villain that comes out of nowhere as well. Because whereas Doctor Facilier is the the our true antagonist because he's the one pulling the strings on this uh, this whole turn Naveen into a frog and turn Lawrence into into Naveen. Lawrence is like the sidekick villain, but he's the one doing the dirt. He's he's. It's like Iago putting on the flamingo outfit to entice Prince Ali, Prince Ali, I'm in the garden, right? But now right, it's right. the whole of the plot has to revolve around <laughs> the sidekick character pulling off this con. He's the face man, right? Right. <laughs> right. And it, 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 I'm not going to lie, and, and, and uh, please forgive me, I, I think I missed something. I literally think I looked away from the screen for like, two seconds Mm -hmm. and I missed the exchange as to why he was doing it. Okay. And you're not, you're, you're on the right, you're, you're, it's good that you called that out because this isn't for, for as much credit as I want to give this movie for its subtlety and character motivations. Cause in the prologue that opens up the movie, you get all the main characters except for Lewis and Ray. Cause they're, you don't meet them until they're on the journey, but at least all the human right. characters, you get visualizations of why they do what they do in this film. And that's really intelligent. That's really, um, it's a very mature way to tell us, uh, tell a story, uh, in a film, but blink and you miss it, or you're looking at the wrong thing on the screen and you're going to lose something, right? Naveen's right. journey is affected by this as well, because of a lot of what you need to understand to appreciate his arc comes from the prologue song, the Down in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. Dr. Facilier's song where he's doing Friends on the Other Side. Lawrence is similar. You have to you have to watch what Lawrence and Naveen are doing in the prologue without any any real verbalization. Or well, I mean it's half and half. You get like Prince Naveen, you have to come come on. And um, that was more German, I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, but in in Doctor Facilier's friends on the other side, the Shadow Man is so in, so engaging to look at that you're not paying attention to what's happening to Lawrence being being tempted by the devil essentially, and Naveen himself being bored by this. So Lawrence's motivation isn't quite clear enough into why he's doing what he's doing, but it's because mm-hmm. Naveen has treated him like crap his whole life. Everyone has treated him like crap his whole life, which. Facilier says he's like I'm not gonna waste much time on you. You were you were beaten by or you were put down by your mother, by your sister, your brother, and if you're married, you'd be you know from your wife as well. So he's just a greedy little toad that thinks he deserves everything Naveen has, um, and that's not enforced as strongly as some of the other character arcs in this. So you're not wrong to okay. say, did I miss something? <laughs> Okay, because I, I felt like, and then as the movie went along, I was like, oh, okay, well, because I know Naveen is very much so this, uh, you know, he's kind of living that uh, just airy lifestyle, just like, yep, yeah, I'm, I just, I'm enjoying myself, I'm having fun, I'm bouncing around, I'm not tied down, I don't want to be tied down, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want any of that, and I just kind of assumed like 
because he was of that mindset that Lawrence took over because he wasn't going to let this opportunity pass because 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 again like Naveen wasn't gonna inherit any money right unless he got married wasn't right. that his sideline yeah his okay. parents cut him off Naveen's parents cut him off because he was just living the high life without any motivation without any plans so mm-hmm. Naveen had been wasting all of his all of his money just gallivanting around and Lawrence is the one who set up the okay if you meet La, uh, Charlotte and marry her you can get her fortune and Naveen is even knowing even knowing that he needs the money, even knowing that's what he wants, he still doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to be tied down, despite the fact that it'll continue to fund his adventures. He just wants to live the free free will in life. And Lawrence is the one who's like, "This this is how you get the money." <laughs> He's German, okay. I'm just... <laughs> He's always German, apparently. <laughs> Lawrence, Prince Navin, listen to me. Okay. <laughs> just so anybody at home knows. The character isn't German in the movie. He's not. No. Make that com- make that connection. We're okay. He's, and we continue on. He's he's more British, but it's the the cadence in his voice that I can't help but fall into. I should have practiced the voice. I wasn't I wasn't prepared to do a Lawrence voice in this. Um, I wasn't prepared yeah. to have a voice at all. So really, <laughs> well then I'm one we're up on, on you. The same page. Let's see hear you do a Lawrence voice, Jeff. Eh? Oh, uh, <laughs> is this going to become the troll? Because that's all that I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think Naveen's a cool character. I I I like his his general attitude. I, even though he's this, you know, he's a ladies' man. He's just having a good time at the beginning of the movie, uh, and he is he is a selfish rich kid. And it's it's funny because you have Charlotte, who's a selfish rich girl, but she has she's a very genuine, nice human being, and Naveen who. Is just out. He's the he's the single-minded, selfish, all out for himself. Just have a good time, immature uh, prince, right? He he's he has bad qualities about him, and his journey through being a frog and whatnot. It's meeting Tiana, experiencing the journey with her that that pushes his arc and saves him as a as a person. That he becomes right. selfless by the end of it. Yeah, because, I mean, really, it, it looks like nothing would phase this man. Right. Because the fact that he's a frog, he seemed really cool and collective about he's that. comfortable when, about it. Eh? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. I That happened, what, an hour ago? Basically, you, mm-hmm. were, you, you were led into a voodoo hut, and you were turned into a frog. You're completely fine with it. He rolls that, with the punches. <laughs> I, man, I would be freaking out something fierce. He, that's all I'm saying. That's that's a character trait of his because all throughout this, we never he never he's unflappable for for the he gets turned into a frog. He's like I just need to uh, oh yep I'm a frog I don't know what I'm gonna do about it oh oh I know this sorry you have to kiss me and I'll be fine Kimmy princess yeah <laughs> and and which now that is an interesting twist on this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that because that's something now I don't know like the the frog prince. Um, isn't it the Frog Prince? Isn't that what it's based on? Like, isn't that the fairy tale? Yes, or that is am the. I mistaken? No, no, you're correct. The original root of this story comes from the frog, frog Princess. The frog, the frog Prince was the oh, original. Oh, by the Brothers Grimm. Yes, exactly. And yes, then and there's, there's a... the Frog Princess, which was uh, a children's book. Got it. That was then the inspiration so... for this. But to go all the way back to its root, it's the Frog Prince. Okay. So like I don't know a ton of either one of those. Like I don't I've 
I've never read the Frog Prince on on it. You know, like I know the basis of the fairy tales just because, you know, I'm a adult or I'm a human. So I'm <laughs> well aware like, oh, there's a, there's a frog and the princess has to kiss the frog and then he turns into a prince. I get that. Like mm-hmm. that part of it, I understand. But I, <clears throat> so I don't know if this is part of those books, but I kind of, I kind of like the idea that they immediately run into the whole, no, this is how we fix this. Oh crap. No, because you're not a princess and you kissed me. Now you are also a frog. <laughs> like that aspect of it, is is a nice little twist. Yeah, the, that the I guess I wasn't a, looking at. The curse worked a little differently than expected, and I love right. that he's so upset that you lied to me. I never said I was a, was a princess. You never said you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> and like all of and his like it's, his ba- like selfishness and whatnot, he's he's the one who's offended. Like, oh, I can't yeah. believe you would do this to me. I'm not rich. How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that. I like that twist because so going into this movie, I had seen this film once before. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I'm really losing my voice, guys. Sorry. We'll get there. <laughs> um, I, I saw this. I saw this movie one time before and I did not remember uh, Tiana being a frog for as long as she was. I completely spaced on that. Uh, yeah, and yeah. It's I, it's a half hour before yeah. she turns into a frog, and then she spends the remainder of the film as a frog. Uh, as a frog until literally the very end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like she pops back up as a as her human form there during the climactic um, uh, climax of the film, but then um, uh, Doctor Facilier turns her back to the frog, and then she has the frog until they get married. Seemingly yeah, yeah. after you feel like the movie's over. Like, yeah, right. no, we've hit the end of the film. <laughs> oh, they're, or no, we're back. They're getting married. Oh, okay. Oh, they're turning a human. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the, okay, I didn't see any epilogue. of that coming. It's the epilogue. They've, yeah. they've accepted yeah. their fate. They're going to be, they found out what they needed, even though it wasn't what they wanted, which we, we will get back to that. And yep. the epilogue, um, uh, they're they rewarded for their, their pure hearts and they're their following their hearts and, and, accepting what they need as opposed to what they've always wanted. Um, and it's a great, that see, that's another bit of detail where it's, when you really break it down, is very well constructed. She turned into a frog because she she wasn't a princess and she kissed him, okay? So the, right. curse, the curse backfired and got her as well. Well, by marrying him, she becomes a princess, and when he kisses her, that, that uh, countermands his curse, and once his curse is lifted, it also lifts her curse, and that's that's really that's whoever thought that through. That's really smart to be like, okay, how do we get them human again? Well, she has to be a princess. How does she become princess? She needs to marry this frog prince. It's very good. It's very good. It's layered. It's layered. It's like it's very layered. It's, it's not like a, a, a you know a seven layer burrito layer, but it's like a three layer. It's like a three layer burrito. Mm, yeah, three, maybe maybe a four. You know, if you're if you're feeling extra saucy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah going along with what you were saying. This movie definitely does like to be kind of like kind of just just look at some of those tropes or some of those cliches that we know from the the princess or like the fairy tales and stuff like that mm-hmm. and does a decent job at finding new ways around them or or tweaking them and changing them. I really liked what you said that you know they had to they they had to find what they what they what is it you you said they had to find what they needed not what they wanted find what they need or not the what they want yeah yeah Right. Which is, so there, it's in, instead of the cliche fairy tale where the beautiful princess ends up with the beautiful prince because that's what, you know, that's what they thought they, you know, what they were supposed to do. She found somebody that she really got along with and liked and, and, and it's not the person she would have expected. 
yeah to be with it, and in a good way it, oh, of course yeah they they've they they find each other with each other and that's that's right. really neat and and to talk more about taking what worked taking what's great about the past films as well as pushing it towards new ideas of the future that we'll get in the subsequent films Tiana's I want song is not it is it's similar to Mulan and if you remember I, I really praised Mulan for for really shining um, in in the the tropes of of the Renaissance era and and her I want song was very personal it wasn't trying to go out into the world and and change who she is it was a way of accepting who she is in her world mm-hmm. Tiana's I want song is she wants to own her own business and that's so much different than the other princesses we've had before because this is a very mature this is a very mature young woman she wants to succeed she wants to honor her father and what he never was able to achieve by opening up her own business uh, opening up her own restaurants and her i want song which is half or i'm almost there is so much different than any of the other princesses or heroes we've had before this point um definitely because she wants to continue being not necessarily she doesn't necessarily want to be continue being independent or mm-hmm. anything like that you know she's not saying like I don't ever want to get married I don't want to ever be like that's not the story no, no, no. She, it's, she wants to she wants to fulfill that dream yeah. of her father's and of hers since she was a kid right and she even says it to her mom because her mom is trying to pressure her like when are you going to get married I want grandkids and Tiana's like I'll get there but I'm not interested yeah. in that right now I want to have this restaurant first I want to achieve this dream before I can, before I'll do anything else, which is part of her arc, because she's so focused on this one thing that she wants to achieve, which is great, but it's also single-minded. She's she's not enjoying the, her life as she's pursuing her dream. Ooh, nice. That, right. was, that was off the top of my head. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Write that one down. Write that one down, TC. <laughs> Um, it doesn't matter what else you say in the entire podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all going to be better than anything I'll say. Right. So you win. <laughs> so, so some criticism of this movie is that despite her wanting to own her own business, she still ends up just marrying the handsome prince and falling in love and getting married in the end. But that comes out of the themes in the, narr- the narrative of this film, which is she never said she didn't want that stuff. She just didn't have time right. for that stuff. She never, right. she never even considered it. Like when Naveen makes dinner for her when he wants to propose to her, because he's very, uh, uh, he's, he does things quickly. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna propose. <laughs> A spontaneous. That was the word I was looking for. Okay. Uh, okay. When, when he lays out the dinner for her and she's very touched because she says, "Wow, no one's ever done this for me before." There's probably a good chance that someone did try to do that for her before and she didn't notice. Uh, and and right. and, a, and, a way, and my evidence of that is on the train in the opening prologue song the down in New Orleans when she's on her way to work. There's a very handsome gentleman next to her who pulls the flower out of his lapel to give to her, and she completely ignores him and walks away. And he's like, "Oh, okay, well." So she's so focused on so focused on her achie- achieving her dream that she's she's missing the stuff around here. So where she's finally out on the riverboat experiencing life Naveen has that uh, dinner for her and she says oh no one's ever done this for me before it's it's I think it's more about the fact that she's finally noticed that someone is doing something for her and I think I think that's sweet it's part of her journey it is because her journey is that she needed to 
slow down and still have the dreams that she has, but just also enjoy your life at the yeah. same time. And that's Don't what, be entirely caught up on work. That's what Mama Odie <laughs> tries to tell her in the song is, you know, dig a little deeper. <laughs> uh, find out what you need. <laughs> dig a little deeper. <laughs> now, who, now, who did that voice? Who was... Um, Mama Oh, that Odie. was... Uh, uh, who was that? I'm going to let you look. <laughs> oh, Jennifer Lewis. That's right. I forgot Jennifer Lewis was in this. A lot of really good... Actors and actresses that are in this mm-hmm. film uh, and this movie doing lots of good voices. Now, yeah. is there an 80s failed uh, comedian or washed up comedian that doing a voice in this film anywhere? Um, <laughs> Remember what I, I said don't... about uh, taking all the stuff that was working and also finding new ways to push it into a new era of film? And that's mm-hmm. and, and I think that means leaving behind that trope (laughs) i think we i think and this is this is going pixar and actually we'll delve in let's delve into some laster stuff here up to this point through the history of this library especially the second half of the library we've joked about there's always that 80s or early 90s comedic voice actor that plays some sidekick that plays some minor role to great effect in in many cases there are some really fantastic supporting character performances done by those that tropey comedian, right? We've had some right. great ones. But I think it's we've reached a point now where that has become more of a hindrance than a benefit. I'm not saying Rosie O'Donnell did a terrible job in Tarzan, but <laughs> you know, it's not exactly a memorable one. And I certainly have my feelings about Jason Alexander playing uh, playing the gargoyle. <laughs> lady. Uh, and we all know <laughs> our opinions on Ben. On Ben, right? So I it's <laughs> Pixar, we've mentioned this before on the show, Pixar doesn't cast voices and then sell the movie on a voice. They cast the right voice for the job. For example, there was a push to get Beyonce to voice Tiana because she was an it girl. I mean, she still is. She's she's the queen bee. I mean, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, um, she's the it woman. Right. Thank you very much, TC. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she's gotten woman. older <laughs> now. <laughs> she's a mother. She's a mother, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that I that would have hurt the film. To, to yeah. have Beyonce do the, she probably would have done a, an amazing job, but it would have been far too tempting for them to sell the movie on the fact that she is one of the voices. Uh, I mean, just look to the fact that I'm dating this this episode by saying it, but The Lion King's coming out soon, and they cast her as Nala, and right now they can sell the movie on the fact that it's Nala. Maybe she's the right voice for the job, but I don't know. I. I like the la- the the Pixar method of cast the right voice for the character, and uh, right. and um, oh shoot, I'm gonna get her name up here. Tiana is voiced so wonderfully by uh, Anika Nani Rose. Yes, Anika Nani Rose. There you go. I was already I was trying to look up her uh, her filmography. I was yeah. trying to figure out what else she's done. She's uh, Tiana, the voice acting. In this is is perfectly cast, and you don't have some noticeable voice for a supporting character to take us out. Of the film, yeah. Uh, to like, oftentimes with those '80s, '90s voice actors doing a role, they bring a lot of their isms to it. So then you have Rob Williams' impersonations, or you have uh, John Candy's ramblings, or you have Martin Short doing Ben, <laughs> and that <it laughs> sometimes can can uh, take you out of the moment. The the most you get yeah. out of something like that from a voice actor in this is that uh, um, Anita's Anita's left-handed. She asked that Tiana be left-handed, and that's 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 the extent of <laughs> and that's enough a voice actor affecting more than their 
I don't know, they should for Right. <laughs> you know, and I, I like I like the fact that that our, our main two characters, you know, uh Tiana and Prince Devine, and then I guess I'm looking through the list, and I mean I guess you could argue Jennifer Cody, so who did Charlotte. Who's what has she done? I'll let you Anything? look that up. <laughs> Um, but like, so like I could argue that like our main, at least our main two characters Mm -hmm. are voiced by people who I, I don't really know them from anything else. They're not that, it's not John Travolta and Miley Cyrus. Right. You know, it's not that again. It's not, well, obviously these are the, here's these two huge names. This, these two are people that I don't know who they are, but then sprinkling in those bigger names to do you know, uh, the, the secondary characters. Yeah, the small roles, right? Is completely, yeah, it's completely fine. John Goodman as Big Daddy. <laughs> yes. It's it's so John Goodman, but I also see John Goodman in that mm-hmm, performance. Mm-hmm. I, you, know, you, I you know, I hear the voice. That maybe that's mm-hmm. it. Maybe that's our 80s actor who's in a supporting role. <laughs> is John Goodman. But John Goodman <laughs> is so much more than just a one-trick comedic pony, right? He John Goodman oh, is, yeah. is legend, man. <laughs> I like John Goodman. <laughs> He's always entertained me. Plus, he but like, coming so, over from the Pixar so, world to, to voice a character here. See? Well, I mean, really bouncing back and forth between mm-hmm. the Disney and the Pixar world, because, I mean, Emperor's New Groove was before Monsters, Inc. So... What did he voice in Emperor's New Groove? Pancha. But, oh, duh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god I totally tc i wow. do not think I, we can be friends anymore i, I can't believe <laughs> I mean, that. See, that that's just a credit to emperor's new groove that i don't think of the voice actors i think of the characters oh what a du- right what right a, it's a brain fart here Oof. so really but for, the way that i look at it like like all these characters even you could you could even argue like lawrence because that voice like i don't know if that actor is the same actor i've i've heard that type of voice before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it might be the same actor it may not be but all these all of our quote-unquote main characters in these film are people that i don't know the voice actors behind and i like that because i can i i'm not automatically picturing the actor when i hear the voice right you know i do with big daddy when i hear john goodman mm-hmm. yeah i picture john goodman um i i uh, i i picture um Oprah, when I hear Tiana's mom talk, because you can tell it's Oprah, you know, like I can picture those people when I hear those voices. I can I can obviously picture Keith David when uh, Doctor Facilier starts talking. Oh yeah, like I know you know Keith David. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, everybody, you know Keith <laughs> David. So like so even with him, but I'm okay with him at that point because I'm the villain. I'm like okay, that's cool. He's, he's a good villain voice, but I like that everybody else is not main character. So that way I have my own my own way to develop or my own, my own fresh plate to develop who I think these characters are. Yeah. You know, without, without preconceived notions of who the actor behind them is. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's a, it just goes to that. Let the cast the right voice for the role, not the voice that will sell the movie. And, and that's great. That's it's, um, so I've recommended Creativity Inc. in the past. It's the, the book about the Pixar method. And a lot of Mm -hmm. what is in Creativity Inc. Inc. talks about the transition from Pixar to Disney, and you get to get to understand from from a production point of view the, what the Pixar method is, and and how they slowly or rather rather quickly applied that to how Disney is run. Uh, something that they made the mistake of doing is naming this movie "The Princess and the Frog," that came from. Uh, some higher up, someone who, you know, we're doing another princess movie, we need to sell it as a princess movie, where Pixar had learned, 
Lasseter learned, and they had learned after this movie, that by putting princess in the title, you alienate 50% of your audience almost immediately because you yeah. you create preconceived notions with the fact that, oh, this is a girl's movie. And this is, right. it certainly has the classic princess elements to it. And it certainly mm-hmm. would probably, it probably would appeal more to, to little girls like Charlotte, right? But right. by calling it Princess and the Frog, they they alienated the the boys, right? And they immediately right. learned learned that mistake to listen to other team members in the production staff. Uh, Pixar, and as last year is applied to Disney, everyone has a voice. If we go back to the Katzenberg Eisner era, they gave everyone a voice in pitch us the best story you got. You're all required to do this. The method now is, hey. If you think something's not working, address it because that will affect the film. We might not listen to you, but at least bring it to our attention. And a couple people did try to bring to the attention of the production that maybe we shouldn't call this movie Princess. And right. and because they didn't listen to that, it did sort of affect the box office of this film. It was not a failure by any means, but Tangled, Frozen. Yeah, I mean, it, like they, they, re- yeah. they realized they could name these movies with more ambiguous and more meaningful titles than, hey, what are our two characters? A princess and a frog. Done. <laughs> but we used to do that. Mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, <laughs> The Lion King, Hercules. We did this all the time. This works perfectly. <laughs> People grew out of it. This that is something that they learned out of the, what, what we referred to as the second dark age of, of, you can't lean so heavily on those old conventions because right. audiences got audiences have gotten smarter and audiences taste for animation has completely changed in the past decade of films. And, right. um, and so that's, that's a minor complaint that the movie has the word princess in the title, but it's something that they learned from for every movie that followed, even, even changing the name of tangled midway through production. So now, and knowing like knowing, knowing the way that they would name these movies going forward, what do you think they should have called this film? Oh, gee. I know this is kind of, I'm kind of putting this on the spot. We like to do this. We do this. So I'm like, why not? Like, what do you think they, what do you think they could have called this film? So that way it, it, it still kind of gives you, and more than likely, it sounds like it'd have to be like a one word name. um, (laughs) Cause that's what they're really good at. Contextual one word title for this movie. Oh boy. (laughs) So you can tweet at me at TC's big head. You can tweet at Jeff at random bell, or you can throw it in the comments section below on Facebook. If you think there's what your title for this movie would be. Yeah. What would your guys' title be for this film? (laughs) If you could rename it something else besides the princess and the frog Mm -hmm. and let us know. And we'll talk about that next week. Cause like Tangled Um, is, it it's has there's so many meanings in that they're getting tangled in their relationship. Her hair gets tangled. It's a there's multiple meanings for the word frozen, a frozen hearts. Uh, 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 it's cold. There's snow. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what could a movie set in Prohibition era Louisiana about a couple people who get turned into frogs and trying to find themselves? Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna file that away for now because I'm the spot right now. Okay. I can't think of anything. <laughs> okay, we will come back to yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, let's let's discuss a little bit of the criticism that comes from comes from analysis of this movie, and something that's that people have pointed out is that this movie kind of mm-hmm. glosses over how women and and men of color were treated during the 
Reconstruction era, the Prohibition era in the United States. We're in the South. We're in Louisiana. Um, the, the most we get is that the, the bank owners that she's trying to buy the establishment from, that Tiana's trying mm-hmm. to buy the establishment from, point out that she would have a little difficulty, um, uh, a woman of your background. That's the most they say in terms of you're a black woman. You're not going to buy this business right. or own it. And there's been some criticism that this isn't just a Disneyfication of a fairy tale or a book. This is a Disneyfication of history. Uh, and is that bad? Um, some critics have looked at it and said, yes, this is bad. They they glossed over racism. The the wealthy white family is so generous to the, the poor black girl that it's it's comical when you look at it from a historical context. And looking at history, I can, I can understand where people might be coming from from that. But this is this is a situation, I think this happens often when people want to try to find something to criticize, that they focus so much on what they consider bad that they miss what is so great about this. Tiana is not just our first black princess, she's the first black protagonist that has been in this Disney library. That is an exciting, monumental moment for little girls who've been growing up with this library and hardly nary a sign of women of color for them to look to. Uh, right. You know, Naveen is a mixed race, mixed ethnicity, very ambiguous. And where on one hand, someone could could criticize that and say like, oh, well, he's he's not definitively this race or this race and that's that's sitting on the fence well there are plenty of mixed race people little boys who could look at naveen and think hey that's me it's it's representation as opposed to what they're missing look at what they did this is huge Mm -hmm. and i've talked a lot about taking what has been classic and pushing it into a new sensibility part of that comes in casting this movie with two main characters of color that's amazing and, and certainly they, they glossed over the historical significance of how people were treated back then and whatnot. Um, and, and yes, that is something that we need. America needs to acknowledge its bad history in addition to what we consider our good history. But right. I, it's, I feel like it's far more important to look at the fact that this exists for those people who haven't been represented. Looking at the success of Black Panther, again, dating this episode... Well, or not? I mean, the the movie's record breaking at this point. So I mean, everyone will be talking at this about point, Black it's Panther gonna, forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be in theaters for the next ten years. So we didn't date it any more than that. DC, we're golden. Yeah, the <laughs> the representation here is is outstanding. It's wonderful, and and I, I love the movie for doing that. I love Disney for for taking that chance and not not dropping the ball on this where they very well could have. For example, originally the character's name was Madeline not Tiana. And someone pointed out the fact that Madeline would be Maddie and Maddie sounds a bit like Mammy and that is oh, racist. Geez. Change this character's <laughs> name. And they all went, good point. Uh, sorry. What's a good, what's a good traditionally uh, black woman name that we could put here. Okay. There we go. <laughs> that was good. They, they, because that, that's a mistake that would have came out of decades ago. If we're looking in Walt's era, I really feel like someone, some tone deaf idiot would have been like, no, Madeline's a great name. 
Maddie, ah, you're looking too much into it. It's worth looking into. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Half that stuff from back in the day where people are always like, nah, you don't ever need, you know, like, well, they didn't care back then. I feel like they didn't care like people do nowadays. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, we are a lot more, um, not self-conscious. That's not the the right term, but you know, we are more aware of the world we live in now where where we understand. It's it's more sensitive. We're more sensitive and and sure, sure. People can say, oh, we're oversensitive now. We look too, we look at stuff too much. And I am, I am slightly criticizing people who, who want to tear this movie down because it, it didn't focus on the historical significance of black people's roles in the South, in the era. I am nitpicking them for nitpicking the movie a little bit, but the sensitivity Mm -hmm. is, is there and it's not oversensitivity. And you're right. uh, I mean, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I trailed out there. <laughs> it's fine. I do it all the time. Yeah. The, the, Have you listened to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I love the setting of this movie. We've we've had this before yes. where we get a little... We have little runs of stagnation in terms of the setting and the, the universe or the world that the characters are in doesn't... isn't so dramatic that it stands out. That when we do get something that's brand new, to go back to Mulan, to set Mulan in in this feudal China, feudal Japan hybrid, was such a breath of fresh air coming out of the woods of the movies before it. Uh, right. And New Orleans is such a, a wonderful setting for this movie because it motivates the music, it motivates the color palette, it motivates the, just the, the, the look of it. And uh, even, even the Tiana's fantasy where she sings almost there and we get the the monochromatic look like the much more flat animation yes which i loved that i yeah. love that little like change in style for her fantasy mm-hmm. it's so nice so good yeah the the setting of this movie the the movement of the animation style and it's you know we we have not talked enough about the 2d animation i genuinely think you can do do types of movement and types of animation in 2D that you can't get from 3D. There's something so alive about all these characters and their wild takes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like think think of something as simple as like, I am Prince Naveen, whack of Maldonia. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's in and 3D. His frog leg. <laughs> just, it's the only thing that's not flattened on him, too. <laughs> just one frog leg sticking up. <laughs> I argue that that works better in 2D than it would in 3D. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't really articulate why. I see. I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that 3D is designed, especially nowadays, 3D is designed, no matter how hard they try, to look real. Yeah. There is a level of 3D needs to be realistic. Mm-hmm. The water needs to be real. The trees need to be real. The way that the way that the grass blows and the wind needs to be real. So a lot of those, a lot of those things that were so well, it so, could be done so easily in 2D, mm-hmm. don't work in 3D because it's those those are 2D effects or 2D elements or 2D 
gags or 2D like physics. Yeah, that's that, it. 2D <clears throat> physics. There you go. Because it, you know, like, yeah. and because you can't do that in 3D because our mind goes, that's not how a person would move. Right. Even though it's still a cartoony figure, mm-hmm. you know, it still has cartoon physics or um, uh, proportions to it. it. It's it's not the same because your brain goes, no, that's supposed to be real. That doesn't work. Yeah. That, Whereas in 2D, <laughs> your mind can kind of just you know suspend disbelief or sp- suspend belief. That's it. You, yeah, you you hit on that with the physics element because doing wild takes in 2D. Maybe it's because of the history of 2D animation that we're more willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 3D, I, I think it's something as simple as like going back to Daffy Duck and I'm going to use a Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny out, uh, right? Like imagine Daffy just hitting himself on the head, you know, clang, clang, clang with a frying pan or something. And every time he right. hits his head, his face changes. So it's like boom, ah, boom, Yep. That's in 3D. It could it could surely work, but there's something more acceptable about that being done in 2D. So like having I am Prince Naveen Wham of Maldonia, where he's mangled, cut away, and then come back, he's fine. I I, I, I like I said I I can't find the perfect way to articulate this, but I'm there's something about 2D that allows for that type of physical humor that I don't feel like we can necessarily truly pull off in 3d and i think you're onto it as well right. with it with this it's the fact that 3d makes it just look a little touch even even the most ridiculous of 3d animation still delves into a reality more like ours right we are we are raised when we, everyone's most everyone's raised on cartoons mm-hmm. we're raised growing up watching looney tunes and you know you know the mickey mouse and you know all those types of cartoons, like all those car- cartoon characters, and we are we we learn cartoons are not real. Cartoons are just pretend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything that happens in there, like doesn't matter how much they get, you know, they they get their Daffy Duck gets his face blown off with <laughs> Elmer Fudd's shotgun. Next scene, boom, he's fine again, no issues. So we're just used to two D being like that. Yeah. that. It doesn't matter what they do. It's this is funny. It's funny. We can laugh now. We don't have to feel bad oh, that they're going to be hurt. Right. You know, and I just remembered so I remembered something because I it's I speaking of the humor, speaking of the wild takes, and you had mentioned you mm-hmm. had forgotten about uh Tiana being a frog? What, what did you forget? You yeah. forgot something? Yeah, I, I forgot that she, I forgot she was a frog for as long as she okay. was. I, that completely threw me off. I've seen that, we, we we didn't mention like you, you'd said you'd seen this once before. Was this a movie that your nieces watched quite a bit that you caught just as in passing? This was one that I watched with them one time. Okay, all right. I, I we, we usually open up front with that, but we dove right into this. I've seen this yeah. movie a good number of times. And something okay. I completely forgot about was the Froggers, the three frog hunters, that little oh bit yeah, with the guys like on the, the boat. father and the two boys <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. So that when that when that scene started happening, I was like, oh, I don't remember this. Even though I've seen this movie a, a good handful of times, I did not remember that <laughs> at all. And the humor in that scene, it's three stooges. It is. Wham, boom, boom, boom. Just, oh. Yep. That is so well done. And that's uh, leads to a discussion of the humor of this movie and how nice it is. This movie does not go way over the top and try too hard like we've seen from Chicken Little. <laughs> and, right. And the humor is all contextual, which is is nice because it doesn't have the mistakes that something like Meet the Robinsons made where suddenly we're in a Kung Fu movie for no reason and no explanation. And <laughs> I I can't 
really think maybe maybe a couple of the firefly butt jokes didn't exactly land for me yeah but for the most part i think every bit of humor in this movie works and 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 lands um, yeah and and it's and it's 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 funny because you know we we see the humor that we've seen in the last couple of these films mm-hmm. and you can see that they're trying to figure out what is good, what's funny, what works, what doesn't work. You know, they're trying to figure out like, well, what is, what are, what are, what are, the, what are those companies doing? Should we do what they're doing? Let's do what they're doing. That's not working either. Like, I like that we can find our way back around to a movie where, yeah, except for because when Ray first shows up, right. Ray the Lightning Bug, he has a fart joke. <laughs> it's like literally the first thing that happens yeah. after he comes on screen, but it's that one joke. And then his character actually is a good character. Mm-hmm. I really liked Ray. I love the the voice. I love that. I love Ray as a character. <laughs> I'm, and unfortunately, Ray's end is the one thing from this movie I do remember. Uh, I, I flat out remembered. I remembered him getting squashed. Well, we'll because uh, I remember going, "Damn, yeah, that, that's dark." To, to segue away from discussing the humor and, and discussing Ray, because it's worth talking about our two supporting characters, Ray and Lewis. Uh, so first of all, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings back yeah, again, back guys. Again. Now Jim Cummings, notorious for all his more of his uh, Disney afternoon cartoon uh, television series voice work. Um, he is he's he's a legend, man. He has done so many. Look at his IMDb page and just how many yep. Disney characters he's voiced. It's great to I see. I mean, him. he is. He is Winnie the Pooh now. Yes, I mean, that's right. <laughs> for like the, for like the last well, I guess for like the last forty years at this point. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but Jim Cummings as Ray Ray the Cajun Firefly. What a what a what a fun idea! To, so Naveen and Tiana go on their journey, and it's and it's very Alice in Wonder or not sorry uh, Wizard of Oz esque, where it's like let's get to the wizard, Mama Odie. Mm-hmm. She'll she'll give us what we want, and then we can live happily ever after get home right right and right. ray is just there to help he's he's not out for anything <laughs> he his his hopes and desires are his dream of of being with evangeline um his yeah. his his star in the sky at charlotte's wishing star and he's such a fun sidekick right because he's not he's not yep. he's just out to help them that's all he's and he's happily happy to do it him and all of his firefly firefly family and friends and his death scene is on screen like we see him die yeah. on screen i have we seen anyone die on screen before that's what i was trying to think like because even even with our even with like villains and stuff like that it tends to be in shadows or like if the villain falls to their death you don't Cut actually away. see them hit the ground don't yeah see we get trampled right right we so rarely see a character actually die on screen mm-hmm. and be dead like oh they're they didn't just die and oh they're gonna come back in a second like no 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 like they're actually he is gone he died on screen and I think that's just it. That's more. And I mean, I, I don't think we have at least. It's, I'm trying to wreck my brain. Not, I don't think we have. And not only do we see him die, he gets his his final words and final moments. We we get to see his funeral, right? It's right. And it's that is far more mature than. In fact, there's more funeral than there is wedding in this movie. And that's, that's true. And, and that's good. I mean, that is a good thing. I think that it's a it's a very interesting element to put in this film that could we've we often talk about the 
if, if a kid should watch this, if this is one you should show children. And, and oftentimes I say a lot of these movies are great for discussion. Mufasa's death is great to discuss death with a child. And it, I don't necessarily think that Ray is on a level of importance as Mufasa. But right. at the same time, there is something beautiful in in his in his story, right? In his having his dream to to be with his love, the woman he loves, his his sweet darling Evangeline in the sky, and being going out heroically and being honored by his friends and family before letting him drift off into the fog on his leaf. There's there's a real beauty to how simple his like how small his character is. Uh, and that's to, but the amount of importance they give his yeah. his his send off, you know, it's he might have been a small character, but he had, like you just said a little bit ago, more importance than the flipping wedding at the end right. between our two main characters, <laughs> you know. It's it's beautiful. I love that. I and and he's got two. Uh, going back to the music, everyone's got great music in this. I love his Evangeline song; mm-hmm. it's so beautiful and. Thematically, it works. I love when he's speaking the French and Naveen's translating to Tiana, and he's like, "I love you." Well, I mean, he's. I'm just translating. <laughs> just translating. <laughs> and and also his um, gonna take you down, gonna take you down, gonna take you all the way down, <laughs> going down to buy you. Uh, that's just a fun bouncing bug. Follow the bouncing butt, right? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and then and then there's Lewis. The the trumpet tootin' alligator. <laughs> oh man, that character, oh, character dude. which comes off like at, at, at the initial start as being potentially like he could very well be a bad guy. Like the, his introduction because we just had all the other alligators mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. you know. Which I just realized one of them was voiced by Emerald Lagasse, like the food guy, like the food guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like as in Bam and kick it up a notch, like that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's one of the alligators. Nice cameo. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, we, we were doesn't talk, matter. We were talking about humor before. Lewis's introduction is great. Like he comes up, he's like, "Hey, I know that song." But his riverboat flashback is so good. That is that's my favorite moment in the entire film. Too. That is Emperor's New Groove level of funny. <laughs> yes, like, it is. Oh well, I was on a riverboat once, and it's like. <laughs> and then just cut back. It didn't go well. Like that's it didn't go well. That's great. <laughs> I actually kind of wish they had a few more moments like that. Like not a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want like the whole movie to be because that's very much so Emperor's New Groove. You know, or it's it's that whole cutaway gag, Family Guy cutaway gag. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But I would have loved to like two more gags like that in this film, mm-hmm. just sprinkled you know, in, a, in an appropriate place, <laughs> you know, where necessary. It would have just been brilliant, but it would have definitely changed the tone of the entire film. Right, right. But and I understand why L- they didn't Lewis do it. Lewis still so. gets some good snappy, snappy comedy. Like when he gets the briar on his finger and he's freaking out, and then he sees the froggers <laughs> with the guns, and he jumps into the briar bush. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's again a credit to the humor in this movie that it's very sharp it's very witty and i love lewis's lewis's characteristic as well that he wants to just play music with the humans i i i don't know jeff do you think he should have been made human in the end or 
there's a part of me that kind of felt like that was the direction they were going, you yeah. know, like, cause that was his wish. That was his dream mm -hmm. to be able to play with the humans. And I kind of thought maybe they were going to let him have that. <laughs> they still wish. let him. I mean, he still does they do. do it. <laughs> now, granted, that's not going to last very long because Mardi Gras doesn't last all year round. So they're not going to just buy into the fact that a human is wearing an alligator costume constantly. Maybe, maybe it's just that we're going to have to accept the fact that alligators can play trumpets in this universe. <laughs> you know what? If stars are actually the deceased lights of fireflies, mm -hmm. then okay. Alligators <laughs> can play with humans. That's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, let's see what else. Like speaking of the humor, I don't, I think they might've just a little bit milked the, the burrs on the butt a little too much. Just like having the <laughs> the a uh, couple of Raymond but like fart jokes like uh, it's the, it's the snot rocketing Raymond out of the the Frogger's nose and seeing the brownish green slime like yeah like, that's a little uh, you know I'm not I don't love those kind of jokes but they're not so in your face that I'm I'm disappointed by them but uh, there there's a there's a convention I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I think I have, because I remember discussing this with you, but it's worth mentioning again. When something mm -hmm. crazy happens and someone is drinking and the crazy thing happens in front of them, they pause for a beat and then they dump out what they're drinking. You, you know you know what I mean, right? Like that happens yeah, all yeah. that happens all the time. And it happens at the party yep. when the frog when they jump down, they scare Charlotte, the dog starts so Stella the dog starts chasing them, the cake goes flying like all that, and the one guy's drinking in the octopus costume and he dumps out all the drink. That's not how alcohol works. Nope. Nope. That's not how alcohol works, guys. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I get the joke. Yeah, it's if you're a... seeing stuff, you're probably just going to keep drinking first off at that point. Uh. I, I don't know. I can't remember when we discussed this because it happened in another movie somewhere in this library. And I think I blamed well, Pink Elephants on Parade for this. <laughs> I was going to say, because that joke, I feel like that joke is an Old. That's an old. Old. Joke. I feel that's a loon. I remember. I think. I think I've seen that in like a Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like short. Black and white. Like Charlie Chaplin. That. Wherever the origin of that is, someone has a really weird misconception on how alcohol works. <laughs> I'm hallucinating. I will do the research. <laughs> but that's that's a, that's a moot point. That's just a. I. I it happened in this moment. That that movie trope is so weird. Well, anyway, I, the. To to go back to that party to and the the action sequences in this movie like we had mentioned the frog the froggers on the boat being this really well timed choreography the the party getting broken up by the dog chasing the frogs is really well choreographed the musical numbers in this movie are really well designed and choreographed and executed like the mm -hmm. amount of care and detail into every one of these songs is on the level of Beauty and the Beast, in my opinion. Because you look oh, at yeah. something like, see that. like a Be Our Guest, which is this fully produced number, and you look at Gaston, which has a lot of choreography amongst the characters. Every song in Princess and the Frog has that, except the Evangeline song, which is just Raymond singing to the sky. But everything else in this, from Friends on the Other Side to... Uh, Going down the bayou to Mama Odie's "Dig a Little Deeper" song, even a, a the New Orleans song at the beginning, and Tiana's uh, um, "Halfway There," 
all these numbers are really well designed and really well choreographed. They are fully produced musical numbers with no corners being cut. And that is fantastic because it's another great honoring what's come before. Uh, it's, it's a, because this movie is a full fledged musical and showing how far they're going to push things for musicals in the future. Right. <laughs> right. And it's actually, it's, it's nice to bring back, I guess, I guess we've kind of lost the musical for a little while now, haven't we? Cause, oh yeah. Cause the movies that we've had prior to all this weren't really musicals. They were more traditional, um, normal, normal, like studio songs that were just used to invoke the emotion. Um, since which one was the last one that we had? Was that, uh, we we had a little bit of singing in Brother Bear where the little bear, I can't remember his name, starts, uh, Coda starts, I didn't remember his name, starts singing the song that turns into Phil Collins. Um, right. But the last... But prior to that, was it all the way back in like Mulan? Was Mul- Mulan like the yeah. last like real musical that Full we had? fledged musical would have been Mulan. Dang, I guess I didn't realize it had been that many movies ago yeah, at this point. The, I guess, you know, you got Destroying the Camp from Tarzan... Although Tarzan was right. before Mulan. No, it was after Mulan. After Mulan. Okay, Tarzan's okay. after. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, but we haven't had so, but a full-fledged musical. We have like a number. We have like, mm. there was like a number that would show up and there's, uh, that's kind of the song. Well, like, you could argue like uh, Kuzgo, what's his name, from Ember's New Groove because the the theme song guy shows up and sings. Yeah. But like, but so that's still a number. Mm-hmm in the entire piece. It's not a musical in the sense of what we use. It's not like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast no, and like no. those types of musicals. Where you have to do and choreography. Was really, yeah. Right, right. So actually, wow, dang, I did not realize that it had been almost 13 films since we had a like a full-fledged normal musical. And and I um, welcome them back because, and, and having yeah. seen this before and really focusing and watching it now, uh, it really dawned on me just how well-realized each musical number in this in this movie is it's it's worth yeah. watching every detail put into how characters are moving from point a to point b through the musical numbers especially it's 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 fabulously done um and, you know to go all the way back to what we normally start with what were your feelings before you watched this like you had seen said you'd seen it once before <clears throat> i had seen it once before and i remember i remember the movie finishing and going kind of like okay all right, <laughs> you know, it that wasn't, you know, there it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think was honestly going back to our so clever uh response to some of these films we've watched, but um <laughs> it, I really do I I kind of just walked away going, "Okay, that's fine." Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't horrible. You know, like I get and I, I appreciated for I appreciated the film for what it was trying to do. I could see what it was trying to do. It was trying to bring back that that traditional animated film, which I think when I watched this last, I hadn't seen all these other films since forever. Lion yeah. King. <laughs> right. Yeah, forever, basically. So I didn't realize how far these movies had gone away. So I didn't see the big deal. I went, oh no, these just say this is the same thing as what the movies when I was little, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, isn't this what they've always been doing? Like, that's in my head. That's what I assumed they were always like. Yeah. This. So now you've I didn't realize now you've watched away. it in order. You've you've come back to it. You know, I think <clears> that I'm I'm imagining you had a couple surprises in watching this. I'm not trying to speak for you, but 
No, I did. I you know, well, my voice is not next to nothing. nothing so <laughs> please do speak for, for me, TC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was really surprised by. The, I can't do a Jeff impression, sir. That's my. De- that's dead on me. That's right there. Thank you. You make me sound like a coffer, like a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I came away from this movie. You know, honestly, like I enjoyed it. I, I had a lot more fun with it. I, I definitely had laughs that I didn't know were coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I lo- I fell in love with the music in this movie a lot. Like, I really did enjoy the music. Great soundtrack. And, yeah, yeah m- way more than I did the first time. Mm-hmm. And I liked this. I liked a lot of this type of music the last time I saw this. I mean, the last time I saw it was, was obviously it was less than 10 years ago because this movie's not 10 years old. Yeah. So, like, it's it's probably only been, like, four or five years since I've seen this film. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember, it just I just I came away from it liking it a lot more this time than I did the last. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so I I similarly found some new enjoyment in this movie. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but when it initially came out, this was a comfort movie for me. Um, I was going, I had, uh, I was recovering from an injury, and this mm-hmm. was a movie that I watched part of a rotation of movies to make me feel better to to make me happy um and i had watched it a good number of times with my nieces and then on my own just enjoying the magic of disney that i hadn't felt in a very long time coming back to it now after this after watching these movies on practically a weekly basis i have a similar feeling of being just happy to return to a lot of the traditions of what makes this entire library of disney films so lovely it's so wonderful so uh joyful and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm happy to see that i wasn't over i didn't feel i needed to be overly critical about it the the minor things that i would note in terms of like i want to done that joke Um, okay snot joke yay but other than that yeah yeah um and, and being able to see the a little more complexity than i had ever noticed before especially in some of the more subtle character arcs such as Dr. Facilier's arc and and watching Naveen develop as a a, a selfless human being and wanting to <laughs> to help somebody as opposed to help himself. Uh, I really appreciate where this movie uh, has come what it came out of and what it's pushing us towards. We we often talk right. about the the shifts in these films and as much as Bolt was a wonderful shift in what Disney was do- offering by using mm-hmm. a lot of what makes Pixar great. I think what Princess and the Frog is, has done, this does not feel like a Pixar movie. And I don't mean that in a bad no. way. This feels like a true Disney film. And this yep. is their voice. They have found a way to exist against uh, alongside Pixar without mixing the two up. This, There's no doubt that this is a Disney film. And that's amazing. That we we have they have found themselves and I and I, I have a sneaking suspicion knowing what's ahead in this library that they have stuck this landing and they are going to keep going forward with with this. I don't know. I mean, the next like five movies that are on this list, I've never heard of. <laughs> oh, so well, trust I feel me. Like... <laughs> trust me about it. Trust me about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see though because it has been a while since I've seen the rest of these. So maybe yeah, yeah. there will be that. Is this does this feel like a definitive Disney movie? But those other movies aside, The Princess and the Frog to me definitively feels like a Disney film. 
And it's nice to see that. It's mm-hmm. nice to see because I will agree. It's <clears> nice <throat> to see that they're they. You can tell that they have found where they're going to go yeah. with it. They you can tell where they they have found that mix between the DreamWorks humor, uh, their own humor, the Pixar humor and heart, and uh, y- you just you can see a lot of that. You can mm-hmm. see where they're where they're where what they found what works. Obviously, bringing back the music numbers works really well, <laughs> yes. guys. Yeah. People do like the music numbers. <laughs> Don't get rid of the music numbers this is again. Quite the antithesis to Home on the Range. This is very much like everything they did wrong. This movie does right, and I've yep. been I've been trying to open this door for you, Jeffrey. You gonna walk through it or not? Where am I gonna put it on the list? <laughs> I was gonna let you ask me. I wasn't asking you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask. I yourself. have asked you. <laughs> You've asked yourself. You've just asked. Oh yourself. no! Oh, I was like, oh, no. I'm trying to. I have. I'm that? holding the door for you, Jeff. I'm like, have my hand against it, and you're like, should I go through this door, Jeff? Of all the movies I've watched, where do I put this on the? Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> just to throw you off the scent, DC. <laughs> I'm gonna keep you guessing every time now. Okay. Well, where is this where, gonna go? Uh, well, I, I am curious as well as the listeners are curious. So the, those for of you who might be new to this podcast, what we've been doing is watching all these movies in order. We've been grouping them in 10 and every 10 we are ranking them one through 10 uh this is our ninth film in this selection correct correct and so where on this list of uh of 10 now you can see these lists on our facebook page facebook.com slash top shelf pod in our notes section you can see how we've been ranking these movies as we've gone along i think i've killed enough time jeff are you ready (laughs) i'm ready and actually i was ready before you killed the time oh okay all right cool cool so uh, I was I was actually ready for this one and and I <clears throat> I had a different ranking at the start of the episode. Okay. <laughs> um, that I had done as a gut reaction when I had watched the film, mm-hmm. but I also hadn't looked at the list. I thought I knew the order of the list right. um, when I ranked it, and I did not. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I we started and I looked at my ranking right at the beginning of the episode. Um, during one of my many silent periods because I was trying to save the voice that is almost gone right Mm -hmm. now at the end of this episode. I'm sure I have just made everybody listening to this episode very thirsty Um, because I know I am right now. Um, But um, I ranked it. I immediately changed it because I realized very early on when I when I realized what this type of what this movie was, mm-hmm. that it was Disney going, no, if we're gonna end the 2D animation, we have to end it better than what we did. Mm-hmm. We have to go out much better. Also, them proving that they don't necessarily need the 3D animation. Yeah, they kind of do, but they didn't <laughs> have to. They could have made 2D films that still work and were fun. Um, bringing back the musical the musical song, the numbers and and letting it be fun and be enjoyable and have fun characters that I care about and having a story that's that's a new kind of a new twist on a classic story but isn't a new twist in a bad way mm-hmm. um when it came down to it this is my number 2 okay just below Leland Stitch pushing yep just below Leland Stitch and and knocking Bolt down a step um now the the closeness of where like Bolt was to Treasure Planet, mm-hmm. like uh, according to me last week, mm-hmm. it's not that close for Princess and the Frog and Bolt. I like Princess and the Frog. I, you know, we always go back to the same thing. If I sat down and was given 
you know, Bolts and Princess and the Frog to watch, which one would I watch again? Mm-hmm. Well, I would watch Princess and the Frog in a heartbeat, like yeah. not even a question because, because it's got all those elements that I love from the Disney movies when I was younger, mm-hmm. that when I think of a Disney movie, even if I go a Disney fairy tale, I, this has all the elements that I would expect just done in a slightly modern way, but not too modern that it's weird. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it still works. It still helps the, it still helps make the the movie work in, on its own without it being like, oh, you're just, you're trying to be a Shrek. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, you know, <laughs> not to, I have to keep bringing that up. I mean, I know we're years beyond it at this point, but I have to keep bringing it up, right? So yeah, it's, it's my number two because I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not like madly in love with this movie, mm-hmm. but I like it a lot more than I like Bolt and a lot of the <laughs> other ones that we've had on our list. And and it's because it is the right mix of 2D music, comedy, characters, um, you know, just plot. Like just, it's the right mix of all of those that I just, I really liked it, but it still just doesn't have the heart that Lilo and Stitch has. Okay. Like Leland Stitch still at its core in my eyes is still just, it's a lot stronger and a lot more important of a film. Right. Oof. Well, so much of what you said, I completely agree with. There's a lot of what I was okay. going to say as well. And, 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 <laughs> and I, I'm learning to talk to you. <laughs> you talk to, and, and I have, I have not been able to make my decision on where I'm going to rank this since I watched it. And even sitting here talking, I'm, it's so close to like I agree it's I it's better than Bolt it's better than everything mm-hmm. we've seen before and it really is a matter of Lilo and Stitch versus Princess and the Frog and it's going to come down to what I'm in the mood to watch mm-hmm. and I could and it, this would this would be a this would be a choice I could hardly make like we can watch one or the other uh, can't we just do a double feature and watch them both yeah <laughs> and Princess and the Stitch yeah <laughs> and I I would like to put Princess and the Frog at number one, but I'm going to put it at my number two as well, if only for the fact that Lilo and Stitch, and this is edging it out just barely, I think Lilo and Stitch does some so much more unique things that set it apart from the entire library. But honestly, mm-hmm. I love the the traditions and the celebration of the Disney musical and the Disney princess and taking a lot of those tropes and rewriting them and moving towards a different way of telling these styles of stories that The Princess and the Frog does, that we will see for the following films that deal with princesses, Leland and Stitch still remains unique. It's an anomaly in the library for its characters, right. for the, the journey that the characters go on. And for, for that, I have, to, I have to appreciate Leland and Stitch just a touch more for being so much, so more, so much more unique. Um, but Prince of the Frog is still. I love this movie. I honestly love this movie. It's it could quite possibly be in my top ten Disney of all time. If I if you force me to make a list, it's it very well could end up on that list. <laughs> well, TC, we might be having. We might um, I to, might be forcing you to make have, a list yeah, right? here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to place it my right. number two as well, which means we can we still have a very similar list in this round. Um, that damn Chicken Little <laughs> is the only one that is is. Flip flop for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, we've we've praised this movie so much. I know this episode is running long. Jeff, do you want to hit up the comment section and see what some of our listeners have to say? 
Um, if you wanna, if you wanna take a gander at like a couple of them, I know there's, I know we got a lot of people who are commenting yeah. on this week's episode. Yeah, we'll, so if uh, we'll, I will get into the comment section and respond to some of you for for some of your comments because yeah. thank you guys for for engaging us. Um, if you do want to reach out to us before we record every Monday before or Tuesday in this case before we record, we <laughs> throw up the movie we're gonna talk about. We ask you guys to hit up the comment section and let us know if we should discuss anything. Uh, and then when the episode posts, you can return after listening and rebuttal, <laughs> Re- rebuke <Yes>. anything <laughs> that we have said. Uh, but Specifically, if TC messed up <laughs> something and generally after he belittled me for like hours yeah, about something, yeah. I got wrong. Let me have it. We love Let when me that have it. happens. <laughs> uh, the, the consensus over at facebook.com slash top shelf pod, where you can get all of the top shelf podcasts at your fingertips, uh, seems Indeed. to be that people love this movie. Uh, there's a, there's yeah. a fan, fandom for this film. Uh, Natasha says uh, when she first came about this, uh, she was really interested in seeing it, so she didn't see it until a few years later and ended up really enjoying it. Uh, Natasha, thank you for your comments. Thomas, um, uh, this is... Oh, Musker announced that he's retiring, um, dating this episode, and I was wondering if we had any thoughts. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, I'll engage you in that conversation in the thread there, but he says he isn't at odds with this film because he likes Tiana and most of the music... He even likes the Bayou stuff. However, he still feels like the restaurant and the frog plots don't connect thematically a way that makes me love the movie more. It's tons of fun, but something feels off for me. I see where you're coming from there, Thomas. Um, and, and I go to the theme of this movie is finding what you need over what you want. Like what, what you want in your life. What Tiana wants is her restaurant. What Prince Naveen wants is to just live the high life and a girl on his arm every night. And those are what those are their wants and their desires. But what they need is to look beyond their wants and what's at the what's around them. And it takes them being turned into frogs and going down a, a trip on the bayou to <laughs> discover not just themselves, but what, what they need in their lives. And so I think that's how the restaurants and the frog plot kind of mesh together. I can see it where you might find it a little wishy-washy. Maybe maybe Tia needed to have a restaurant that only sold frog legs. Oh, is that like pseudo cannibalism? That's weird. <laughs> well, that would be when she turns into the thing she wants oh, okay. to serve, and it's like, oh no, and. I don't know. That's that's my connection. Okay. Of course, I'm also slightly uh, brainwashed by the Muppet movie from the 1970s, so that's just my habit. <laughs> that, Anyways, please continue, yeah. TC. <laughs> uh, Scarlet Star- uh, Starkey says, I thought this was a great return to 2D animation and a better send-off than Home on a Range. We totally agree. <laughs> Hex, yes. Agreed. Uh, really good soundtrack. She says, Charlotte is her favorite. Uh, favorite with a U. I think Scarlet might be from Europe. And she subverts expectations uh, that you would have about a spoiled rich girl. Also, a really great villain song. Hope you guys enjoy it. Yes, we, we agree on all fronts here, Scarlet. Oh, or and she writes at the bottom here, Scar Star. <laughs> I'm glad you. Scar Star. Uh, the nickname sticks. That's who she is now. Hashtag Scar Star. <laughs> Uh, we like when we give you guys nicknames. Yeah, That's fun. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we enjoy stuff like that. Like the Disneyest. <laughs> yeah, the Disneyest. Uh, Thank you, Jordan. Andrea Andrea <laughs> says, uh, oh, I hope you both love this movie, even though it came out uh, when she was an adult. This is her number one. Tiana is such a great character, and I love the way they feature her friendship with Charlotte. Charlotte is an interesting character because although she is wealthy, it does not s- seem to matter when it comes to her friendship. We agree. Oh, we're agreeing with you on everything here, Andrea. 
um, when it comes to her friendship. Uh, she's willing to help her friend from something simple like a dress, yeah, that's right, to kissing Naveen knowing that she will not be with him. Uh, and although she is self-centered and somewhat vapid, she has a caring heart. Oh, we're, we're all on the same page here, everybody. <laughs> Yay! Uh, we also makes have me to happy. remember that the time that uh, there is a race factor here, too. Anyway, I hope you love the story and the great humor in this movie. I love the hand-drawn quality. Uh, sorry for rambling. Keep it. You ramble all you want, Andrea. We agree with you on all this stuff. And uh, yeah, yep. I, it's right that Charlotte just gives Tiana a dress so that she doesn't have to be in her ruined costume. A very nice dress. Yeah. Also, a dress that I don't think Scarlett was tall enough to wear. <laughs> <laughs> That's she. Some she had it on on standby just in case this moment were ever. Just in arrived. case she. <laughs> Tiana is great. I think that's another thing that is worth mentioning. It's it's funny because um, uh, Naya, uh, is it Naya uh, Lilo's sister um, in Lilo and Stitch is such a, a wonderful, a wonderful character. She's a great female lead. I love her her characterization of, of and her motives in her life for just to support her sister and her family. And Tiana, she might be one of my favorite princesses, if not my favorite princess in in her desires and her motivations and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's she's so she's so much more mature than sixteen year old Ariel who just wants to be part of your world. <laughs> no offense to her, but Tiana wants a little more out of her life. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, uh, yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, Wyatt has a bit of a long comment here, but the one I just want to mention real quick is he theorizes is Ray the American Jiminy Cricket? Hmm. Hmm. A fair theory. I hadn't considered that. Um, was Jiminy Glicket? Jiminy Glicket. Jim- Dang it. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Dang now it um, was Jiminy Cricket British? No, Jiminy Cricket was voiced by an American, but uh, Pinocchio does take place in Germany, I think, or, or oh, Italy. that's true, Italy, Italy, Italy. Um, in Italy. That's right. What's it? Jiminy could have hopped a plane from America to come to. <laughs> to also true. To end up where mm-hmm. he is. He is a he is a hobo, so he's probably traveled by train to get wherever he is. That's a that's a see. I think that goes to callbacks to tradition. Wyatt. He might not exactly be Jiminy Cricket, but the fact that a bug talking about a star <laughs> that is very right. Jiminy Cricket esque. Which hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay homage to anything, Pinocchio is one of the all time greatest Disney movies ever. Uh, so why not pay tradition to that one, right? Um, oh, absolutely. So, and one more quick comment. I'm sorry I'm blowing through these guys. This episode is running way longer than we normally go. We are. This is. I think this is the longest episode we've had, guys. <laughs> Christy. Christy Dozier. I don't recognize that name. Thank you for listening. Uh, and they literally just comment as it commented. Uh, thank you for listening and commenting. I love this movie. Saw it in theaters and with high expectations, and all my expectations were met. I love the return to the hand-drawn animation. I feel like this movie could have fit in with the 90s Disney renaissance, and I'm excited to hear what you think. Well, hey, I hope you like everything we said, Christy, because we totally agree with you. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, I, I, sorry, I blew through those comments, guys, but like I said, we, we are running quite a bit long here, and I think it's I think it's worth wrapping things up here. <laughs> Mostly because if we go any longer, Jeff will have no voice yeah, whatsoever yeah. left. So and, you, can, uh, you can hit us up again uh, in the future on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash topshelfpod. <laughs> uh, we will engage all you in the conversation. I'll, I'll make sure I respond to all of you. Uh, but also hit us up yes. on Twitter. Some of you have been tweeting me some really fun topics for our final episode. So keep that coming in terms of, of 
best of, worst of things that we might be willing to discuss. Uh, Schulze, one of our uh, friends of the cast, uh, gave a good suggestion as well. Um, but uh, sweet, yeah. Sorry, sorry, we sped things up. I'm obviously I've hit eleven on my speedometer and trying to get to the end. Jeff, <laughs> anything else you have to say? <laughs> nope. Hopefully next week I have my voice again, and it's not completely gone by the time we record. So what do, what I'm glad are we everybody's recording listening. Next week? So well, next week we are finishing off this group of ten. Mm-hmm. So we will also have a quick discussion at the end of the episode about our ranked ten mm-hmm. and potentially what is our number one out of this rank of 10. Yeah. But next week, we are watching number 50. Number 50. 50, everybody. Isn't that insane? Yeah. We made 50. We've made it to 50, and then we're just going to stop. Uh, no, I keep saying that. We're not going to. Uh, but we watched number 50, 2010's Tangled. Tangled. All right. Uh, so I, yeah, I really like I, this movie. <laughs> so keep an eye out on the Facebook page for the post. We'd love to get some of your guys' comments and feedback on that, as well as your 10 for this 10. Please hit us up on that and let us know what makes it out alive in your ranking. <laughs> so before Jeff loses any more vocals, uh, I think it's, it's fair to, to wrap this up right now. <laughs> Uh, right here at TC. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening this week at TC. Yep. Do the sign off. <laughs> this has been a podcast. We have been the people you've been listening to, and this Jeff dying in the background is a sign is a sign off. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think I have a frog in my throat. Oh how were you preparing the whole episode to say that? Oh my god. Maybe. <laughs> This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>